Welcome. If you're here online, we're so glad that you're with us today. God bless you. My name is Mike Schroeder, if you don't know who I am. My wife, Eva and I are part of the pastoral team along with our awesome lead pastors, Matt and Tanya Jansen. We're so honored to be part of, uh, part of this body. God bless you. Today, uh, I, I want to lead you in uh, singing a song. Have you ever heard of the song, Happy Birthday? Today is Bjorg Mathi's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bjorg. Happy birthday to you. My mother always taught me to say at the very end, we really mean it. Okay, there you go. Today is a good day to be in church. It's a good day to be in God's house. It's a good day to get into God's Word. Uh, today is the second Sunday of Advent, which, uh, in which we emphasize and celebrate the idea of Peace, and the title of this message today is Perfect Peace. Um, I was just thinking about Pastor Tanya's sermon last week, incredible sermon on hope, and uh, I would like to encourage you, if you have not heard it, and if you haven't memorized it, you can watch it online. Uh, it's also available on podcast if you want to download it, if you're traveling or uh, commuting to work or what have you, maybe once you're on your walk, uh, you can listen to that on podcast. I encourage you to do that. Uh, the confident, this is the thrill of hope from last week. The definition was so good. A confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. Not just positive thinking, but something that is very real, something that is concrete. Our hope uh, there's that song that we sang, I think, last week as well. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. It's so awesome to be part of this uh, body of Christ. It's so awesome to believe in Jesus. Are you a believer here today? I, I got a few nods. I, I, I even got some smiles. I got some people going, well, I'm not sure. I got to take my temperature here. But I want to encourage you to, uh, to really receive this, this message today on perfect peace. And I have, uh, I felt like I wanted to use this definition because a lot of times when we think of the word peace, well, there's two things that we think about, like, you know, the absence of war. So, you know, we're blessed here in Canada to, to be in a time of peace. We don't have um, a military draft. Uh, our, we do have a great armed services, but we don't have a lot of action right now. It's, it's good. I, I, it's wonderful to have that sense of, or that simply have peace, absence of war. But we often think more in terms of how we're feeling. Do you feel peaceful? Do you feel uh, not anxious? And that's actually more what we're going to be talking about today. But there is something very real about the fact that we can not only have an awareness 
and a sense and a feeling of well-being, we can be in a position of well-being. And that is a biblical peace refers to that. It's not only the awareness, but it's actually the fact or the, the, um, the position of being in a place of well-being. There's a word that you may have heard. It's a Hebrew word all through the Old Testament. Whenever you see the word peace in your English Bible, you, you, it's really uh, the word shalom. Have you heard of the word shalom? And it means something very broad. It means a sense of well-being. And uh, it was used as in the culture, the Hebrew culture, uh, it was used as a greeting, and it was used as a farewell. Peace be to you. Peace on your house. Shalom. And, uh, and that is God's heart, really, for us. It's God's will for you and me to live in a place of peace. It's God's will for you and me to live in a place of peace in our heart. And I want to I talk to you today. You know, I've kind of struggled with this message. I believe I know where I'm supposed to go with this. But it, it isn't just one of those nice Christmas messages when we say, isn't it nice to have God's peace? Isn't that awesome? But today I want it's really a call to action, almost a call to war for your sake and for the sake of your kids and your grandkids, for the sake of your, your loved ones, for the sake of your neighbors, for, for, the, for God's sake. We need to take this very seriously and guard our hearts and guard our peace uh, very carefully. There's three different directions that um, I, I felt like I wanted to go, and, and there are, all three of these are very important. One of them is is having peace with God. And I, I don't know everybody here in the room. I don't know everybody who's watching online. But God is... Uh, is holy. He is, he's the ultimate. He's the greatest. He's the highest. But he wants you to be in a place of peace with him. And I was, I was thinking about some of these, uh, these tough guys you might see in the movies. And, and uh, you know, they say, are we good? We good? Are, are you good? Are you good with God? Do you have peace with God? Are, are you and he, are you and, I don't even know how to say this grammatically, are you and he good? <laughs> is your relationship tight? Or is it, have you wandered? Or, or perhaps you've never known God personally. God loves you. He knows you. He wants you to, uh, to know him personally. He wants to have a personal relationship with you that is good. We can have peace with God. In Romans 5, it says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Then there's the peace of God, the peace with God. Then there's the peace of God. And that is where we're going to be focusing today, going to be focusing today in Philippians. It was already read once. It's going to be read again after I read it now, and that is the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And if you hear me today and you think, you know, that's easy for you to say, Mike, but you don't know what I'm going through. You're 100% right. 
But I'd like to direct you to the author of the book of Philippians and what he had experienced and what he was experiencing at that time when he wrote it. He was in a Roman prison. He was in a Roman prison without any heat, without any running water. You know, in, in our jails here in North America, there's, you know, you may have seen pictures, maybe you've been to jail. I've never been to jail, but, you know, they, there's often, you know, uh, not very private, but there's, you know, a toilet right in the room there, right in the cell. They didn't have all that in, in the Roman prisons. And it was a very difficult place, and Paul was suffering. He had been beaten. He had gone through a lot of different, different difficult things. And he's the one who said that you shouldn't worry about anything, but you should pray about everything. And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts. There's the peace of God, the peace with God, and then there's the peace with each other. And this is something that we're not going to delve into too much here today, but I did want to at least bring it up. In Hebrews it says, work at living work. Work at living. Well, I, you know, they're doing their thing and it's their fault, whatever. No, no, you and I, we need to work at being and living in peace with everyone. Pastor Matt said, yep. Anybody else want to say amen? Should I just stop now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's uh, um, amazing. And I, I have a question for you. I, I was going to ask if you, I was going to ask this question. I'm not going to, but I'm going to tell you what the question was that I was going to ask. I was going to ask, you know, has anyone worried this week? Okay, I, I was going to, but I'm not asking that. I'm asking instead, I'm asking, what is it? What is it that you might have worried about recently? What's been weighing on your heart and mind? It might be something that you feel a, a little bit of stigma about. You feel a little bit almost ashamed to say it. And then we dismiss it, right? Then we run away from it. Then we, you know, we, we get a piece of chocolate or we go to the TV or we get on, go online or whatever it is we, you know, are, are sort of, uh, hopefully it's not, you know, other drugs of choice, like, you know, uh, but whatever, whatever our place of refuge might be that the world gives. But I'd like to encourage you to understand that this is something that is, is actually something that we can get past. We can win this battle and God can fill your heart with peace. You know, uh, I, I want to, uh, I want a true confession here, okay, true confession. Uh, this, this week, well, most of my life is pretty busy. It's only, I've only been busy for about 55, 60 years, something like that. Before that, I was busy playing. I was probably been busy all my life. But, you, you know, there was this particular busy time, tight timeline, and I had an appointment to get to, and I felt like I was running late. I was just on the edge of running late, and I said out loud, I got in the vehicle, and I said out loud, and th that's one of the things I did wrong. I said this out loud, I hate being late. And then I got out of our complex onto the first corner, and there was some, 
people, and you know, it's almost like they didn't have a care in the world, maybe they didn't, but they were just kind of going around the corner and just having a good time, and I was going, come on, come on. I, you know, I, it, I've been in the vehicle for less than a minute, and I'm stressed out. And all the way there, I mean, I didn't swear at anybody, so I can be a little bit proud of that, I guess. I was by myself in the vehicle. I, I'm, I usually behave a little better when my wife's in the room, right? So anyway, so I got to the place, and I wasn't even late. I was all stressed out, and it wasn't for any good reason. And even if I was late, like, who was it that said I, wouldn't be in, I wasn't going to be arrested? Oh, that was Becky that said, I, I hope you don't get arrested, Becky. <laughs> we'll come and visit you if you do. But, but you know, it, it's amazing how stressed, how, how stressed out we can feel. I don't know, am I the only one? Is it just me? Okay, I got three honest people in the room. That's good. That's a start. Um, I, I want to share with you a quotation here, a quote from a woman named Christine Kane. She's the founder of A21, which is, uh, a, you know, a, a really great ministry around the world. She's a very powerful speaker. And, and she said this, there's countless things to worry about in life. Jobs, family, health, children, everything we see it in the news, and so much more. But God is here to bring peace amidst the stress and chaos. Okay? We're going to go here. We're going to go here. And, and I, was, I read something, I'm not surprised, but it is shocking. So if you're not surprised, perhaps we, you and I, we should be shocked. But here in Canada, one in, uh, in, in the spring of 2021, so, sorry, in the fall of 2020, so that's two years ago, like right now, two years ago, uh, about one in five Canadians indicated... Uh, they screen positive for symptoms of depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and that is in the fall of 2020. One in five. The fall of 2020. Spring of 2021, it was one in four. One in four Canadians. We have an epidemic. We have an epidemic of anxiety and fear and depression in our culture. And it... it it comes and, and kind of seeps in to our own lives. I don't know if you've ever experienced any of those things, but from time to time, from time to time, I know that I have to be vigilant. And I wasn't vigilant the other day when I was driving to my appointment. I don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. I just forgot. I started feeling a little stressed out, and all of a sudden, reality left me. And I was this impatient person, you know, seething, bubbling up inside. And, and frankly, today, especially today, even if I had been 10 minutes late, like, my life would have been pretty much the same today as it, as, as it is if, you know what I'm saying? It didn't change, wouldn't change my life if I was 5, 10 minutes late. Someone else might have been annoyed at me and, you know, then they'll have to learn how to get God's peace. And they'll have to listen to this message. Um, yeah. Now, I don't want to minimize things. And, you know, you, you may need some deep, uh, uh, deeper inner healing in your life. Uh, 
and you may need professional therapy, you may need medical treatment, but today I want to talk to you, we're, we're in church after all, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a clinical psychologist, I'm not even a registered therapist, but I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I want to tell you something from the Bible today that is going to help each and every one of us. And perhaps you could be here today and you could say, yeah, I'm doing it, I got, I'll get 100% on that one. Good. Go and help somebody else. The one in four Canadians that are stressed out right now. Today I, I want to uh, share with you a biblical approach to experience God's peace, which is well-being and the sense of well-being, the understanding of well-being, the feeling and awareness of well-being. And today it's a bit of a call, like I said, a call to action, maybe even a call to battle in your life. Now, you've heard those expressions already this morning from Pastor Tanya and, and from, from Becky, and, and I think that there's a word that God has for us. And this is one of the scriptures that came. Um, actually, I was going to pray right about now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us. We open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit would say through the Word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's the kind of peace that we're talking about here. It's not like the world gives. It's Jesus' peace. And I, I was reading uh, a great commentary by one of my favorites, and that is uh, Albert Barnes. He's a theologian, and uh, American theologian. And these are some definitions that he came out with that I felt were really worthwhile. So the kind of peace that the world gives is, uh, first of all, objects which men commonly, or people, commonly pursue, whether it's pleasure or fame or wealth, more likes on your Facebook posts or whatever it is that we pursue that to make us feel better um, from people around us, you know, being popular, uh, but not, not those things, not, not, the, not the, the kind of peace that the people of the world gives, um, not as systems of philosophy and humanism, false religion, uh, it, those things, none of those things, and he said this so well, none of those things still the voice of conscience. They don't take away sin, and they don't reconcile our soul to God. We don't get the peace of God from the world. We get the peace of God from knowing him. Now, my peace by definition here from Albert Barnes is the peace of Jesus is such that meets all the wants of the soul and silences the alarms of conscience. I love, I love the way he talks. And is fixed and sure amid all external changes and will abide in the hour of death and forever. This is the kind of peace that Jesus Christ offers us, the God of the Bible, and this is the kind of peace that you and I, I believe God wants us to enjoy and to experience. 
And uh, I, I don't want to be trite, and I don't want to be formulaic, but yet there's scriptures that do give us some good, solid advice. And a lot of times what we want to do is we want to sit in our lazy boy or wherever it is that we find the most comfort, maybe laying, laying down under the sheets, <laughs> wherever it is that we, we, we want to just kind of be passive and say, okay, God, I'm ready. Give me your peace. Then we start thinking about, you know, the too much month at the end of the money. And we start thinking about this. We start thinking about that. And, you know what she said to me? And, you know, on and on it goes. And our mind just floats. And there's a kind of anxiety that is even a little more, um, a little deeper. And it's almost like this, for, you're not even thinking about anything, it, at least not consciously. You just feel anxious. Well, why, do you, why are you anxious? I don't know. I just am. But God wants us to be able to go to war here. This call to battle like I've talked about, I mentioned. And, and there's things that we can do. And some people go, well, you know, it's not working for me. Well, I'm asking you today to do these things that the Bible says that we should do. And I believe that these are the things that might be missing in our lives, habits that might be missing in our lives. And there's, there's uh, three different spots. We're going to start here in Isaiah. And here's the scripture in Isaiah. It says, and this is a, a, like a prayer or a praise to God, you will keep him in perfect peace, who, who, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Verse 4, put your trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And I brought, my, I brought my bag here today. This is a beautiful Christmassy kind of bag from Sammy Amu Mall. And I, I, want to, I, I want to, there's two things that we're supposed to do in this particular scripture in Isaiah. First of all, the one that might be the most common is, you know, have our focus on God. Think about God, whose mind is stayed on thee. And, and if we're, if we're uh, putting our mind, turning our eyes to Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, that is something, that is like really good advice. But what happens is, if I'm in the middle of, uh, if, I'm, if I'm all anxious and, uh, you know, like driving to this appointment like I did, and, you know, if someone was to say, you know, chill, I might punch them. I don't know. I don't want to hear it. But, you know, I need to hear it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they shouldn't say that. I'm just saying that that's the response. But I, I want to just demonstrate what we're supposed to do. Okay? So, the, number one is we look toward Jesus. Number two is we, we put, see, I thought I'd just put something in this bag. Because how do you demonstrate? You know, you, you put your trust in God. So we've been trusting. I've been trusting on my ability to get through the traffic and catch that green light or the one that's mostly green. It's more like an amber color. <laughs> and, and hopefully, you know, the camera doesn't pick up if that's just at the end of the amber. Anyways, you know, I can put my trust in my ability to get there or I can put my trust in God. 
Now, I still have to drive safely. I still have to go. But you know, there's still things I have to do. But I can put my trust in me, or I can put my trust in God. And so we put our trust. We put, put our trust, and there's an action there. It's something that we actually do. I'm going to need this in a minute. I'm just going to put this here. And then we'll do that. Okay, so I don't need the bag anymore. So, so that is, and here's verse, look at verse 8. It says this, Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. If my heart's desire is to not be thought of poorly by being late, that's one thing. But if my, if my heart's desire is, is to be an excellent person, that might include being prompt. But it's not, this, it's not quite the same stress load. All right, second scripture. So the first one has those two things. And if it's not working for you, I'm not asking, are, are you doing these things? Let's, let's think about how it is that we need to fight this battle against anxiety and fear, depression, all these things that, are, that, that plague our, our culture. And again, there's no shame in all of this for us as Christians, because what shame is going to do is just going to make you do nothing, okay? Let's keep the shame out of this, and let's just focus on, okay, so what, is, what kind of grace is God going to give me here to do the things that I need to do? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, it says this, and again, if someone says this to me when I'm fretting, I'm not so sure I want to hear it, but Paul he has authority because he's sitting in this Roman prison and he says, don't worry about anything. You know what his, his, likely, his, his likely future was? His likely future was being executed for being a Christian. And he was the one. So he has authority. Maybe I don't, but he does. The Bible does. The Holy Spirit who gave us the word of God does. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I, I want to, I just thought, you know, let's, let's, you and I, we can do this. Now, we might not be able to be in a place where we never worry, but how about this? Let's give equal time that we give to worry to prayer. Okay, so if you figure, okay, I've been, I've been worrying about this for 45 minutes. All right, now it's time to pray for 45 minutes. <laughs> First of all, it'll discourage you from worrying. <laughs> but second of all, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be bringing it to Jesus. Right. I, you know, you and I, we know that worrying doesn't accomplish anything, right? All we're doing, we're, what we're really doing is taking tomorrow's payments and paying them now. And it's okay, I guess, to pay in advance, but not by worrying. You know, tomorrow there's enough stuff going on, and we don't have to worry about it. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Equal time or better. Okay? You know? Why not? Second one, tell God what you need. Now, here's something that's very interesting. You can pray just to yourself in your heart. Did you know you can do that? Yes, you can. Do you know that that is not as effective in this particular battle? as praying out loud. If you want to change your thinking patterns, you, you can do it by thinking differently. You can. You can. I know you can, and so you can argue all day. But if you want to make it easier on yourself, 
do it out loud. Doesn't have to be screaming out loud, but just do it loud enough that you can hear something with your own ears. Because if you want to fight your thoughts and change your thoughts, use out loud, even a whisper, an out loud affirmation of faith and prayer. That will make a difference. You know, <laughs> we're Canadians and we're, we're, you know, we're not out there like other nations in southern regions not too far away. But you know what? We need to get a little more aggressive and not be quite so nice with our anxious anxieties. It's very familiar territory to worry. Well, maybe, it's, maybe I'm the only one. Is it just me? It's very familiar. But it's got to be, we've got to realize that that's an enemy there. That's an enemy of our peace. And God help us, one in four Canadians have clinical issues in this area. Tell God what you need out loud. Fight thoughts with faith affirmations. Good. And thank him. Thank him for all he's done. Okay, you're worried about three things? Make a list of four things. I'm going to start thanking God for these four things. You know what? We know that we could do this, but then it's not working for us because we don't do it. And I'll just, I didn't do it when I was driving to my appointment. I, I guess you could say I failed. I am not a failure because I failed, but I did fail that, at, for that time. But God's going to help me, and I thought, in fact, it's funny because it happened on, on, uh, near the end of the week, and I already knew what I was going to be speaking on, and I already knew. Even during that drive to that appointment, I knew that I shouldn't have been doing that, and I should be listening to my sermon. Crazy. All right. So thank him for all he's done. And if, if we have a life of gratitude. See, and then. See, then. So first, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then. That's when you'll start experiencing God's peace. Isaiah, Philippians, 1 Peter. Now, we, this is a very familiar scripture. Again, uh, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And what we as um, some of us old-timers around church, we've you know, memorized it with King James language or New King James language, and it's casting all your cares. Ever heard that scripture? Okay, I'm going to ask you. I know everybody hates raising their hand. But I want to know if you've ever heard that expression, casting all your cares because he cares for you. Thank you very much. So I want to show you what casting looks like because what happens is so it's so familiar to have cares and anxieties and worries, but we need to be casting. Good catch, Pastor Matt. <laughs> May I? And hit... Hit those worries in the face. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's all right. I missed it. You can look, listen to J.B. Phillips. I just love this one. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. Isn't that beautiful? 
What have I got up there? Okay, we don't, we don't have these. And another one is the Amplified. This is, I love this one too. It says, casting the whole of your care, that is, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. Once and for all. Cast all your care upon him. For he cares for you affectionately. This isn't about shame and, and all of that. This is, listen, God loves you. God's heart is tender toward you. He cares about you watchfully. He cares about you watchfully. I just love that uh, expression from the, from the uh, amplified version. Um, I, I want to just say that sometimes you and I, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm the only one, we have a victim mindset. And we just feel like, you know, why does this always happen to me? My wife and I joke a little bit about things when I'm having trouble getting something done. And I, I, I just want things to work. First world problems, folks. Come on. You know, my, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that I've been in Africa and I don't, I don't, you know, compare myself to Africa too often, but uh, I just think about, you know, the way they cook on the ground with a fire, with some bricks around the fire, put the pot on the bricks, you know, and, and if they want running water, they just run to the well, you know, and on and on it goes, uh, my friends in, in Africa, and we're so blessed here, but most, uh, you know, people with a victim mindset, they, they believe this, I believe this sometimes, have little power to change things, so little action is taken. <laughs> but we can take some action. These are some things that you and I, we can do. The battleground is the mind, that's a scripture that's on the screen. Take up, take up, take up. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna demonstrate take up, okay? You ready? There it is. That was exhausting. Take up the shield of faith so that you can maybe try to maybe get a little better. Well, no. Take up the shield of faith that is a confident expectation in God and belief that God is great. How great is our God? How great is our God? And believe that He loves us and He cares for us and we're going to make it because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, we take up that shield of faith and we can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, I want to tell you, the enemy fires darts at you and me. Have you ever had any worries in your life? Come on. Those are fiery darts. And we can quench all of them. God help me. God help me. We can quench all of them. Because God's peace is his will for you and me. I want to encourage you. In fact, okay, so, yeah, I think we have just a little bit of time here. Uh, what have you been worried about recently? What has been weighing on your mind? Let's just take a moment, okay? Put your, put your hand on, on, your, on your chest, on your heart, and, and let's, just, let's just take a moment. Lord, I've been thinking about this. I've been worried about this, and it's just kind of eating me up. And Lord, I just want to I just want to turn my eyes upon Jesus today. Lord, I I just want to put 
put my trust in you, not in my abilities to fix it. It's not even my expectation that they might fix it or they might change. I'm going to put my trust in you, not in their changing. Lord, I, I, I don't want to worry. I, I just, I'm going to lay, lay my worries down. And Lord, here I am. I'm praying about this. Lord, I'm grateful that you care about me watchfully and affectionately. You love me, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, amen. If you're here today and you don't know anything about peace with God, if you've maybe been far from God, God knows you and he loves you. And this is the day that something can change. But if nothing changes, everything stays the same. You can have the peace of God. You can have peace with God today. And there will be people at the front that will be giving opportunities for you to pray. And I'm going to pray with you in, in a few moments here. But I just, I just have one more thing, and there's just a few little points here that I'm going to go uh, through here. The, the prayer of the Spirit. And I, I said that a little bit jokingly, but if you could go to the next slide with all the scriptures. We're not going to go through all these scriptures. Believe me, we're not. There's 13 scriptures on there. Uh, there's actually 14, but there's 13 written by the Apostle Paul. Every single book that he wrote, he started with that. Now, Paul, the Apostle, wrote those things, and he wrote it. We believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do we believe that? Do you believe that God's will for you is what's in that book? Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the will of God in Christ Jesus. That you will experience abundant grace and peace. Because you and I, you know, we, we know better. I, I know better and I failed at that moment. We know better, but we need God's grace because we're weak. God gives us grace, and his heart for you and me is peace. And I love, I, you know, we went through the uh, seven teachings on, or six, uh, six teachings actually on the Revelation, uh, the letters to the churches. And I, I just love the book of Revelation in a new way. But the first part of the book, it says, Grace and peace to you from the one who is, the one who always was and the one who is still to come. Almighty God sitting on the throne of heaven and his heart for you and me is that we would experience peace that passes understanding, perfect peace from heaven. Come on, church, let's just stand for a moment. Can we do that? I just want to pray for you. And um, we're going to change here. We're going to go to our communion time. And so whoever... Um, involved with that surveying and I don't know is there who's gonna there's someone gonna play um, we can start that if that's all right I just want to encourage you to open your heart to Jesus right now I want to pray a prayer for you and I'm going to pray a prayer first if you do not have peace with God I want to pray for you then I want to pray that God will give you the peace of God that passes understanding so just open your heart if you want to lift your hand. 
put your hand on your heart, whatever you want to do as an action here. But Jesus, we come before your throne. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. You died on the cross for us. And we come to you, and Lord, if we're in a place where we need to repent, if we need to turn away from the things of this world and turn toward Jesus, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Make me new from the inside. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose again. And I want to follow Jesus. That's, that's the initiation step of having peace with God. And now, Father, for those of us that have been on this path for a little while, but sometimes we become anxious and we battle with this. Lord, I pray that the grace of God, the almighty peace that comes from heaven, that we would be filled to overflowing by the power of the Holy Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit, which includes peace. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.